Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. James Krepia covers Oregon for the Oregonian. Been a busy week with the Dan Lanning news, of course, with also what's going on with Alabama, now with Kalen DeBoer, his thoughts about what the Huskies should do. James, with Craig and Paul, I'm David Smoke. James, thanks for your time. It's been a while. Uh, what was the reaction when Dan Lanning said he was coming back? Well, I think for, obviously, for a lot of fans, uh, jubilation, excitement, I would say to a certain degree, validation even. And I say validation because validation in their belief in him, because he's been, he said these things before, but before it wasn't Alabama. So this was, to me, this was really the, obviously the biggest test. Yes, Texas A&M was obviously earlier in the year, but you know, Auburn or A&M had interest. And he shot them down. Frankly, he shot Auburn down, I think, before they even had a chance to pick up the phone. Uh, <laughs> but with Alabama, it's a conversation starter. And, and you know, it's a, it's a different situation for nearly everybody. So for him to once again, you know, remain steadfast and stay here, whether there was or wasn't ever communication, an offer, an initial contact or anything is not even the point. It's to come out and say so emphatically. And to do it in the fashion that he did, where he turns it into a recruiting win. Not only, hey, am I staying? Hey, if you're worried, if you're a player anywhere else and you're thinking you're worried about your coach leaving for a better job, come play for us. That's a very different, like, where have you seen that before? Um, particularly from a West Coast school. So that's where I say there's, yes, the excitement and all those things, which they've felt before when Lanning has certainly had his name connected to other jobs. And by the way, these all these connections are from people like us and people on the outside. It's never Dan or, or anybody close to Dan necessarily being the, the culprit behind any of that. Be that all as it may. Yeah, it's that kind of excitement from fans. And then you compound it with a week that began where they had to watch a national championship, their rival was playing a national championship game and hope that they didn't win. Uh, and then turn it around to, oh, is their head coach going to leave? No, he's not leaving. And now that rival's head coach is leaving. Uh, it's been quite the week for Oregon fans. James, uh, with the rival leaving, with Kalen DeBoer going to Alabama, um, what do you think that UW does to replace him? And again, they they uh, they they have to kind of swing a little bigger maybe than they would have in past years because they're moving to the Big Ten now. And you know, we just talked about Dan Lanning has said like you know you're going to have to pry me out of here, uh, you know, over my cold, dead body, it appears. Uh, that That's how much he loves being at Oregon. Well, it's it's a tough spot for a lot of ways. Uh, forget about just the, the, the rival he has to play annually uh, or, or even moving to the Big Ten, for that matter, and, and the more difficult schedule that will come with that. That's 
I mean, everybody in the league can now say that. You know, the, the, the look, the Big Ten West, anyone in that division, you know, used to have a far easier existence than they're about to. So anyone, even if they were already in the league, it's about to change. Now, the things that I think make it just unique and, and more challenging for any coach going in there is the roster situation. Look, Kalen DeBoer inherited some talent that was still there. Not a lot, to be clear, but he inherited some. And obviously they had a Penix and off and away they went, but there was still, particularly on the defensive side in the front seven, there was still a good amount of talent there. Well, in his two years there, that staff didn't recruit worth a lick. So whoever takes over, whether it be someone internally or whether it be an outsider, they're going to have to bring it, if it is an outsider in particular, they're going to have to hope to be able to raid their existing situation and bring people with them because it's not just a matter of, oh, you have to replace Michael Penix or multiple receivers or even multiple defenders. That is not a reload situation at all. So just from whoever it is, they're facing a difficult situation combined with, yes, a more more daunting and challenging schedule and everything else in the Big Ten. Oh, and combined with Washington financially, even with moving to the Big Ten, is in a relatively similar position to what it was in the Pac-12, being that it's taking the half share for the next five, six years they're in the worst debt situation of not just the four West coast schools. I think they're in the worst debt situation of nearly anyone in the power four or really the power two nowadays. Um, they're, they're in a tough spot. So it's not just a matter of, Oh, well, even if you did that, even if you did that, even if you got money, okay, sooner or later, the money does, it, 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 it's finite. Maybe you don't, you know, even if you do all those things, even if you get the personnel figured out, maybe you don't have the all-star staff that you want. Sooner or later, there are limits there. So that, to get to the base of your question, though, as to who, you know, where should they go, what should they do, and far be it for the Oregon beat writer to be weighing in. You know, I, I don't want to be creating headlines or uh, uh, annoying my audience on any of this, but I can tweet it out. I mean, if I were Troy Dannon, the, the Washington AD, who's only been there for, you know, a couple of months, now he finds himself in a tough spot. If Ryan Grubb, if you can keep him, if you can, I'm sure Kalen DeBoer is going to want to bring him to Tuscaloosa, but if you can keep your offense coordinator and promote from within, there's the continuity part, but again, you still have to solve the personnel part. If you can manage to pry Jed Fish away, that's a guy who has the talent that he has, looks like a team who could compete, maybe even be the favorite in the Big 12. But if he could take the top 10 guys with him, <laughs> that might be attractive if you have to go to the outside. After that, I think somebody like Barry Odom and what he did at UNLV, obviously, very, very quickly. And I don't think his entire tenure at Mizzou uh, was exactly an abject failure. I think there were some points in there where it was okay, but he's clearly shown uh, both as a coordinator and now as a head coach again that he's still a pretty good coach. And I mentioned Kenny Dillingham because, you know, look, this is a, one of the top offensive coordinators in the country. I know he just spent his first year as a head coach at his alma mater, uh, but he's beginning to build something there. And if again, if you want to go outside and you want to go young and recruiting and offense, uh, that's somebody who I think would be worth a look as well. And like I say, that's just some of them. Everybody's going to mention, you know, the Kansas and Kansas State coaches with you know Leipold and Kleiman. So I, I understand, but those would be the four to six names. But I'd start with Grubb because he's already in the building. James, from an Oregon perspective, uh, it seems like they've been on fire in the portal. I mean, going and grabbing Dylan Gabriel, grabbing Dante Moore, various others, and then today uh, you get Evan Stewart, plus the landing announcement just yesterday. I mean, 
And then all that has unfolded with Washington ever since Monday night. It's hard to, to imagine a better week for the Ducks other than them playing for the national title. But can you just kind of, I guess, speak to, I guess, whatever the momentum feels like up in Eugene, Oregon right now? Is there a sense that even though I know Phil Knight and various others have invested deeply over the years, but like this is a time where they're really putting all the chips in the middle of the table, or am I reading that wrong? I mean, they're certainly in a, in a pretty, you know, pretty darn good spot uh, given all the things that you laid out and that we talked about. So for a week where, you know, the season's been over for them for 11 days uh, for, for a week where no one was practicing or playing, they had an awfully good week. Um, that said, you know, wins in the off season are nice. Don't get me wrong. They're real nice. They can set you up for the next year, but there's still a lot of time. You know, they could find themselves in a really nice spot right now today at the quarterback position, at the coaching position, at any number of things, they're going to be absolutely a top 10, maybe, maybe top five team entering the season next season. But the, the job ain't finished on January 12th. Uh, you know, there's, there's still holes. There are still areas that this team can be better, significantly better. If they're going to try to be not just one of the 12 teams in the newly expanded playoffs, but to be a team who either hosts in the first round or preferably uh, from their perspective, you know, wins the big 10 and has a first round buy and is one of those four teams, you know, it doesn't get to play in the first round. Um, if you're going to be at, at that area of the table, like you're talking about, you're, you're committing that kind of resource. You're, you find this yourself in this position. Uh, you have to be that level of elite. They, uh, you know, any number of things you don't, you can't have glaring weaknesses. And they had a couple of areas that they left themselves susceptible and vulnerable. And that's ultimately, that's what cost them two games to Washington in the season. And that's probably cost them a conference title and a playoff spot. Would it in a 12 team playoff? No, but the rest of the schedule will be a little bit more difficult. So there are areas, particularly in the secondary where they've already begun to improve a little bit, but I think they could still look to. Uh, so like I said, like they find themselves in an awfully nice spot for, multitude of reasons but there's there's no resting around here for certainly for the staff but in terms of fans and everything yeah like i say they're absolutely giddy uh with how the week has gone how did they get dylan gabriel and then on top of that dante moore i think Moore laid out uh shortly after uh entering the portal and and i believe spoke to one of the one of the recruiting outlets saying that you know, he wanted to be developed mm. and, you know, maybe as appreciative as he was for the opportunity to play immediately as a true freshman, uh, that, you know, things weren't exactly the smoothest. So how do you get Dylan Gabriel? Well, sure sounded like Oklahoma, uh, you know, depending on what you listen to from Brent Venables there, it sure sounded like that was kind of like a, well, they kind of expected Dylan to probably go to the NFL, I believe is what Brent had said, if I'm, if I'm quoting him correctly, uh, that they expected him to move on after this year, regardless. All right, well, you know, they're moving on and they, they feel like they've got a young guy in Jackson Arnold they want to go forth with. So Gabriel's available. Probably there's a top transfer quarterback available. You have a one year premier player in that position. How do you get more to come along when you're doing that? Well, if you say you want to be developed between a quarterback and Dylan Gabriel, who, from what I've read, I've not had a chance to talk to the young man just yet, but from what I've read from his time, particularly at Oklahoma, was a heck of a teammate, a heck of a teammate to his fellow quarterbacks, 
and a coaching staff who just had, you know, by any metric in any category, either the number one or number two offense in the country in every single statistic that makes a difference, uh, sounds like an awfully nice spot. And there'll be any number of games where Dante Moore can still play four regular season games, including potentially back home in Michigan, and play, play significant time, may get an opportunity uh, if, you know, if Oregon handles business with Dylan Gabriel. And to say nothing of, like, hey, and everybody from the outside can project and say, well, obviously, Gabriel's going to be the starter more as the long term. And I'm not naive enough to suggest otherwise. But we're all on the outside. I don't think, you know, Dante Moore is entering it immediately thinking in those terms. He might be. Or he could say, you know, what what's the worst thing that could happen? I could compete and be the backup, which I plan to be anyway. Okay. <laughs> Again, if he wants to be developed and wants it, well, he's, he's got a teammate. Like I say, by all accounts, sounds like a guy who would assist the younger quarterback, particularly since he's not worried about losing the starting job potentially. And a coaching staff who just had a Heisman finalist at quarterback. James Crepia, the Oregonian, with us on 365 Sports. Of the guys that Oregon has pulled out of the portal, which do you think, and they've made, they've had several home runs, but which do you think is the is the biggest so far? Non-quarterback. Non-quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, because, I mean, by default, you almost have to go with Gabriel in that sense. Um, yeah. After that, it's it's a smaller list, uh, to be fair, so, so far, so far. And Evan Stewart is certainly significant. Um I think that Cam Alexander of UTSA could have a chance. I haven't, you know, had a chance to go back and look at, you know, every which clip of film and ultimately some of it, the caliber of competition is hard to evaluate. But seeing some of the statistics and metrics of how he was graded, I think he has a real chance to be a significant player again at a corner position where this team needed to improve significantly at cornerback. Um, now, they added Kobe Savage from Kansas State as well. So I would pick one of those two because they they absolutely needed uh, a corner and a safety. And frankly, I think they probably need more than one of each uh, at this point to, to fill some spots. But I think Alexander is the one where he might have the most significant impact. Uh, but in terms of who might have the biggest statistical contributions uh, and and come across to those on the outside who don't watch them every week is the guy who's like, wow, outside of Dylan Gabriel, this guy was what an, what an impact player that could be Savage, but I wouldn't look past Alexander because Savage might get the stats just because he's at safety, but Alexander could, could have the chance to be, you know, either the number one or number two cornerback on this team. They've got some talent. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they, their problem at corner was that, you know, their number one corner who was a senior who graduated, and it's off to the league. You know, he got hurt in both of those Washington losses and played half the season with a shoulder injury uh, in the second half of the year. Their number two corner was a sophomore who played well, but was a first-year starter. Even if you project him on in a starting spot, all right, well, you've got a JUCO transfer who was a top-end guy, and now you've got a top transfer. You're in a far better spot depth-wise today at corner if you're Oregon than you were at any point in the season. Um, so that's why I say I think Alexander could find himself in that spot. But at safety, they were losing multiple seniors as well. And that's why I say Savage is probably going to have more production. But I think Alexander has a chance to be the bigger impact. The 
This has been a Rogue Media Network production. <laughs>